Book Three, Chapter Four of Les Miserables, translated by Isabella F. Hapgood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Les Miserables by Victor Hugo. Book Three, in the year eighteen seventeen, Chapter Four. Tolomis is so merry that he sings a Spanish ditty. That day was composed of dawn, from one end to the other. All nature seemed to be having a holiday, and to be laughing. The flower-beds of St. Cloud perfumed the air, the breath of the Seine rustled the leaves vaguely, the branches gesticulated in the wind, bees pillaged the jasmines, a whole bohemia of butterflies swooped down upon the arrow, the clover, and the sterile oats, a whole bohemia of butterflies swooped down upon the yarrow, the clover, and the sterile oats. In the august park of the King of France there was a pack of vagabonds, the birds. The four merry couples, mingled with the sun, the fields, the flowers, the trees, were resplendent. And in this community of paradise, talking, singing, running, dancing, chasing butterflies, plucking convolvus, wetting their pink, open-work stockings in the tall grass, fresh, wild, without malice, all received to some extent the kisses of all, with the exception of Fantine, who was hedged about with that vague resistance of hers, composed of dreaminess and wildness, and who was in love. "'You always have a queer look about you,' said Favourite to her. "'Such things are joys. These passages of happy couples are a profound appeal to life and nature, and make a caress and light spring forth from everything.' There was once a fairy who created the fields and forests expressly for those in love, in that eternal hedge-school of lovers, which is forever beginning anew, and which will last as long as there are hedges and scholars. Hence the popularity of spring among thinkers. The patrician and the knife-grinder, the duke and the peer, the limb of the law, the courtiers and townspeople, as they used to say in olden times, are all subjects of this fairy. They laugh and hunt, and there is in the air the brilliance of an apotheosis. What a transfiguration affected by love! Notaries' clerks are gods. And the little cries, the pursuits through the grass, the waists embrace on the fly, those jargons which are melodies, those adorations which burst forth in the manner of pronouncing a syllable, those cherries torn from one mouth by another, all this blazes forth and takes its place among the celestial glories." Beautiful women waste themselves sweetly. They think that this will never come to an end. Philosophers, poets, painters, observe these ecstasies, and know not what to make of it. So greatly are they dazzled by it. The departure for Cythera, exclaims Watteau, Lancret, the painter of plebeians, contemplates his bourgeois, who have flitted away into the azure sky. Diderot stretches out his arms to all those love idols, and Durfe mingles druids with them. After breakfast the four couples went to what was then called the King's Square to see a newly arrived plant from India, whose name escapes our memory at this moment, and which at that epoch was attracting all Paris to St. Cloud. It was an odd and charming shrub with a long stem, whose numerous branches, bristling and leafless, and as fine as threads, were covered with a million tiny white rosettes. This gave the shrub the air of a head of hair studded with flowers." There was always an admiring crowd about it. After viewing the thub, Ptolemies exclaimed, I offer you asses, and having agreed upon a price with the owner of the asses, 
they returned by way of Vanvries and Issy. At Issy an incident occurred. The truly national park, at that time owned by Bourgogne the contractor, happened to be wide open. They passed the gates, visited the mannequin Anchorite in his grotto, tried the mysterious little effects of the famous cabinet of mirrors, the wanton trap worthy of a satyr become a millionaire, or of Tuscaray metamorphosed into a Priapus. They had stoutly shaken the swing attached to the two chestnut trees celebrated by the Abbey de Bernice. As he swung these beauties, one after the other, produced folds in the fluttering skirts, which Greuze would have found to his taste, amid peals of laughter, the Toulousan Ptolemies, who was somewhat of a Spaniard, Toulouse being the cousin of Tolosa, spang to a melancholy chant the old ballad Galaga, probably inspired by some lovely maid dashing in full flight upon a rope between two trees, Soya de Badios, Amor mi ama, Toda mi alma, Es en mi ojos, Porque ensenas a tuas pernas. Badios is my home, and love is my name, To all my eyes in flame, All my soul doth come, For instruction meet, I receive at thy feet. Fantine alone refused to swing. "'I don't like to have people put on airs like that,' muttered Favourite, with a good deal of acrimony. After leaving the asses there was a fresh delight. They crossed the Seine in a boat, and proceeding from Passy on foot they reached the barrier of L'Etoile. They had been up since five o'clock that morning, as the reader will remember. But, bah, there is no such thing as fatigue on Sunday,' said Favourite. "'On Sunday fatigue does not work.' About three o'clock the four couples, frightened at their happiness, were sliding down the Russian mountains, a singular edifice which then occupied the heights of Beaujon, and whose undulating line was visible above the trees of the Champs-Élysées. From time to time Favourite exclaimed, "'And the surprise? I claim the surprise.' "'Patience,' replied Ptolemy's. End of Book Three, Chapter Four